so thank you for those of you who've been part of this journey with us. You know, it is a day for us to celebrate, and my guess is for some of us, this isn't the only this isn't the only thing you're going to be celebrating over the next few weeks. This isn't the only celebration moment on your calendar. For instance, for some of us, uh, we're going to be celebrating a graduation, right? A, in fact, even here in a couple of weeks, we're going to recognize our high school graduates, and I get to celebrate that not simply as a pastor, but also as a dad. Our youngest son is graduating from high school this year, so we're getting ready for that celebration. So some of you are going to be a part of different kinds of graduations over the next few weeks, or maybe even already if it's been a college graduation that's already taken place. Likewise, as we kind of, as the weather gets nicer and, we're, you know, we're now moving into summer, it's also the season of weddings, and some of you are going to be attending a wedding, you may be even traveling a certain distance. In fact, even this weekend, our two oldest sons are in different parts of the country attending weddings. And so for, for many of us, this, this isn't the only moment of, of celebration that's going to be part of your life experience over the next few weeks. And if I ask you, why are you taking time to go to that graduation or why are you taking time to go to that wedding... You might initially talk to me about, well, you know, this is an important family, or this is a friend of mine, or I've known him or her for all these years. And then you might just simply say, well, but this is just what you do. It's, you know, these are big moments, right? These are major milestones. We just, we just celebrate them. That's what you do. And, and if that is true with the major milestones in our lives, how much more true is it in terms of celebrating what God is doing through the work of Jesus Christ? I mean, if, if, I, if I need and if I'm compelled to celebrate these things, how much more should I celebrate this? The reality of what God is doing through the good news of Jesus Christ. To show you this in the pages of Scripture, let me take you to this passage in at the end of Romans, remember the book of Romans, Paul is, is, is really unpacking for us what God is doing through Jesus Christ and, and the work of restoration and renewal. And you, you get to the end after Paul has taken page after page to describe what God is doing. You get to the end and this is what Paul writes. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To him, the only wise God, be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Right? To him, the only wise God, be glory for what he's doing through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. That's how Paul ends, ends the book of Romans. And can I suggest to you, the more you think about it, the more this shouldn't surprise us that this is how he ends the book. When you think about what he has just unpacked for us, what he has just said, the only appropriate way to end the book is celebration. In fact, I, I think you have to come to this reality. That after he's unpacked the gospel for us, right, this, this good news of Jesus Christ that was, that was hidden but it is now revealed, that is now, he says, being preached 
to the Gentiles or, or to the nations. And in saying that, he says, this, you know, this is a message that is applicable to everyone, regardless of race, gender, life stage, cultural background. And he says, this message, this good news of my gospel is leading to the obedience of faith. That is, it's leading to a transformed way of life. It's a message that changes everything. Paul says, says, if you get this, (laughs) then of course you're going to celebrate. So the reality is if if we don't celebrate it, we don't get it. And if we're not celebrating it, we're not getting it. So... What we want to do this morning is, is just take a few moments to celebrate what God is doing in the life of our church community, to celebrate God's work, to celebrate God's faithfulness, to celebrate the work of the gospel, right? Because this is the message that permeates everything that we do. This is the message that brings us together, right? This is the message that in our brokenness and imperfection, in our sin, God put a rescue plan in place a plan of renewal and forgiveness that is described in the pages of Scripture as the good news, the gospel. That Jesus comes as king to make a way for us to be restored to God and that through his work, we can experience this new life, this forgiveness, this restoration. And the Bible says it's a new life we enter through repentance and faith. And once you enter into this new way of life, you become part of what God is doing. You you become an agent of that grace, not simply a recipient of that grace. And once you become a part of what he's doing, he empowers you to live this good news out in tangible ways through the work of his spirit of that. You know, it's easy, in some ways it's easy to celebrate when we see, you know, a little a little child taking step of faith, when we see young, young adults, these teenagers taking steps of faith, it's, it's so easy to celebrate in those moments. The, the celebration seems so clear and natural. But the reality is in a church our size, even over the last years, we're looking back at some of the things that have happened. For some of us, this, this has been a challenging year. It's been an ambiguous year. It's been a disappointing year. It's been a year maybe where you wrestle with, okay, how exactly... Is, is God at work? And can I celebrate in the midst of that? And if you're here this morning and that's your story, just trust me, you're not alone. And with that in mind, let me just take you back for a moment to that passage we're kind of looking at this morning. Look again at how Romans 16.25 opens. To him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel. And interestingly, that term establish also carries the nuance of, of strengthen and encourage. And I think through this word choice, Paul is saying that not simply that God establishes in the gospel. He establishes us in the gospel. But, but it's the gospel message that as it takes root can encourage and strengthen us even in the midst of challenging situations. And the truth is, and this can be hard to accept, the truth is sometimes God does his deepest work in the hardest places. And to show you what I mean, I want, to, want you to hear another story from the last year. Would you help me in welcoming Ray Bennett? Ray. Ray. <laughs> 
Isn't it great when I think about life going really sideways on, on you, I think of you. So, <laughs> Now, Ray, I appreciate you sharing part of your story. And really part of your story, it's not just over the last year, but over the last couple of years, has been an unexpected and unusually long season of unemployment and underemployment. Um, so just give us a little bit of the backstory to that. I brought a script, so I... <laughs> That's and right. Those of you that have been in my Sunday school classes when I'm teaching, you'll be happy to see that I've gotten this. So when I kick you, it's time to be done. Exactly. Okay. Just Jill told you that. <laughs> so in September of 2013, Jill and I moved to Elizabethtown from northwestern Pennsylvania up near Erie. Uh, Jill left her youth ministry position up there, and I fortunately was working from home for the previous 10 years for a, a, a large telecommunications software company. We had a part-time business that was built around a software package that I'd written years earlier, and so that was kind of coming with us. And really unexpectedly, within the first six months, we got an offer to make a deal for that software product with a a sports media company in Austin, Texas. So we took it, and and for us, that was the next big thing. I mean, we thought, well, we're going to be living the dream. This is awesome. This is great. Spending lots of time in Austin and all those things. Well... Summer of 2014 as well is about the time we became engaged with Hershey Free. You, you all were having a leadership summit, I think, on a Friday, Saturday. We thought, what, what better way to find out what a church is really made of than to see what the leaders do. Summer of 2015, Jill accepted a job as uh, the admin in KidStep. And so we were really, at this point, just cruising, really honestly, just living the dream. October of 2015, the, the relationship with the Austin company came to a very abrupt and jarring end. And so in October, I found myself unemployed and began to pound the pavement. And so for six months, looking for work in the space that I came from, this telecom space in an area where most of the jobs are government and Medicare, medical uh, field. So for those six months, was unemployed, landed some work in Philadelphia, taking the Amtrak to Philly for six months. And again, in October of 2016, found myself abruptly and surprisingly unemployed. I wasn't really accustomed to jobs leaving me, and I wasn't really fond of the trend. So it was, it was kind of a, a, a jarring place to be. So that really began what became a 19-month journey of underemployment. And so I would apply over the next 19 months for over 70 jobs, all of which, of course, I felt I was qualified for. I took a wide variety of part-time jobs, and, and this hard journey began, and it It was a hard journey for me, it was a hard journey for Jill, and it was a different journey for each of us, but it was a hard journey for us as well. So so as you kind of reflect on that experience, how was how was God at work in a situation where it felt like nothing was happening? Yeah, good question. So it was the middle of 2016, I think, when we we began this practice of morning meditations. That's it's a little different than I guess what a typical quiet time would be or a morning devotion. It was, it was contemplation, I guess, is the proper word for it. J.I. Packer says it this way. It's an activity of holy thought, consciously performed in the presence of God, under the eye of God, by the help of God, as a means of communion with God. And so Katie's Holy Spirit note really kind of hit me with that. So especially for me, this meditation began pretty quickly to start to eat at my ego. And it became about shedding my ego, this, this big guy that Ray Bennett had built up, so that I could find my identity in Christ, my true identity in who I really was made to be. 
So the Holy Spirit steadily worked on me, and, and the most meaningful phrase in the entire time was, Raymond, it's not about you. And, and when you hear that and accept it for the first time, it's, it shakes you. It changes the way you see everything. Now, in this time, again, nobody else is really seeing anything. So here, Jill and I are working through this time of meditation. Our, our finances made no sense. There wasn't a financial planner on the planet that would say, oh, yeah, you guys, you guys are good. You got this. Jill was really good with money, and, and that was super helpful. But we had this threshold, and, and we said, when we get to here, it's time to sell the house. It's time to do something different, time to move. And, and we kept waiting for that to happen. The unemployment ran out, and, and it was just this time after time. We were just, what are, when, we've got to change. What are we going to do? We're asking, and nothing appears to be happening on the outside. But we never stopped tithing. We never stopped supporting ministries we had committed to supporting. And we never honestly stopped living. When it looked to everybody else like nothing was happening, it was, I guess, our faith. You know, the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things not seen. That was the reminder that God was making things happen in us. He was making things happen in us today to equip us for things that would happen outside of us tomorrow. That is so good. Now, as, as you went through this, I know relationships were important to you. We talk a lot about the importance of being in community and connected and in different groups. Our Live, Love, Lead groups, our Connect groups. How, how, how important were relationships to you in this journey? Ma- massively important. I think, I think the HFC community became a lifeblood for us. I think Jill says it best, you know, here... We always felt safe in every relationship we were in. We always felt not judged. People weren't judging us for this situation we were in. People were always praying for us, always asking, always caring for us. So it was this, this very honest place uh, with, I suppose, especially the Nut Cupboard, which is what we call our Live Love League group, uh, the Eshelmans, the Steckbecks, and BJ, and Mike, and Michelle, and the Mises. We were, we were really able to be open and completely honest, and they rode with us through this whole journey. Um, we knew lots of people well. When you look at some of these names on the slide, they were just the first few that I threw out top of mind. There are lots of people that aren't on this slide. But it was the, the whole body in Hershey Free. What, what was interesting to me is I reflected going through it. You know, we, we got lots of good advice from people. And we got lots of really stupid advice from people. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, don't tell me which category I was in, okay? Just, we, don't, we won't go there. <laughs> And, and some people very graciously gave us no advice. They, they just didn't say anything, right? They, they just hugged. They just smiled. They just met us where we were, and it was, it was beautiful. And, and what we found, I guess, in the HFC community, Hershey Free, we, we belonged. And it was that belonging that mattered. It's what, it's what really buoyed us up day after day. It made the days easier. It made the hope stronger. And, and it just made us feel as though, you know, Christ were moving in our lives through the lives of other people, we could see that. I had part-time jobs uh, that came, almost all of them, through Hershey Free People, uh, teaching STEM at Sylvan, uh, painting houses. (laughs) Um, Substitute teaching with STS came because Shauna and Sherry Hope kept mentioning to Jill how how that job worked and how good it was. Uh, I loved and enjoyed especially the substitute teaching and the, the STEM teaching times because... It really opened my eyes up to the prejudices I had when I viewed other people. 
and, and how often I didn't see people through the eyes of Christ. And so in continuing to shed this identity, it was, it was a beautiful time to really get into the lives of other people the way Jesus was and to, to not see them through Ray's eyes, but to see them through Christ's eyes. In April of 2018, I took a greenkeeper's job at the Hershey Country Club. And, and it didn't pay super well, but boy, it, to be clear, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that work. But that was really sort of the threshold. When, when we evaluated where we were, and, and I'm, I'm working now for $13 an hour, it's like, okay, it's, it's time to pull the trigger and sell the house. And so we called a realtor from the Hershey Free Community, and she came to our house and met with us, did the tour of the house, talked a little bit about what we were thinking, and she sat at our dining room table. <laughs> I'm going to do the, the Bubba Watson thing on you and get all blubbery here. She sat at our dining room table, and she prayed that we would not have to sell our house, that God would intervene. Now, it's just a house. I'm not blubbery because I didn't have to sell the house, but realtors don't make money by coming to people's houses and asking <laughs> God not to sell them. <laughs> so in June of 2018, uh, absolutely as unexpectedly as all of this began, uh, it somewhat abruptly came to a close when I was offered a job at DNH Distributing in Harrisburg. So that job was the next chain in a link that began when a guy named Neil Cooper met a guy named Tim Bergner, and their families got together years ago. And that's a whole nother story, and if you want to hear that, we'll have to have dinner or a picnic or something. But um, I won't go further in that, but, but God bless Tim for his persistence and tenacity. And, and it turned out this job was being formed over years, over the couple of years all this unemployment was going on. And so it was the right job at the right place at the right time. So what would you say to people maybe who find themselves in a situation kind of like you've gone through right now where it feels like you're stuck and nothing's happening? First, the first thing I would say if you're married is that your spouse and you will experience this together, but you'll experience it differently. And I think that's, that's just so true in all hardships, right? And it's really important to understand that. Try your best to understand each other and how it's affecting you and, and make room and time for each other to understand where you are. I only recently found J.I.'s Packer's words for what we experience, and so again, I'm going to kind of paraphrase him. Packer said, God's peace doesn't shield us from hard knocks. God's peace brings us two things. One, the power to live with and face our own failings and badness. Two, the power to be content while under the fire of outrageous misfortune. The peace of God is first and foremost peace with God. So we had to choose. The whole time, every day, we had to choose. God's got this or we've got this. Once we decided to choose that God's got this, everything began to change. We lived our life in this, this notion of when you don't know what to do, and we often just didn't know what to do. When you don't know what to do, do something good. 90% of God's will is in the scriptures, right? That love one another thing, love your neighbor, God, God really meant that. It's pretty easy to find something good to do in the scriptures, right? And so we tried to just do that, but we had to choose every day that God's got this. And so if I could boil it down to one thing, the one thing I would say is the sooner that you accept that God has got this, the richer your journey will become. Wow. <laughs> we were having lunch on Friday. He told me that, and I'm like, wow. That's, that is tweetable. 
If somebody else hadn't ruined Twitter for the whole world. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I just want you to hear that again. Right? The sooner we accept that God has got this, the richer the experience will be. And you may be here this morning, and that is what you need to hear. And that is, that is the truth that needs to grab your soul this morning. So, Ray, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for shell- self- sure. sharing. And, and let you. me just. <laughs> Let's just pray. Father, I, I do just thank you for your work and the Bennett's life and I celebrate kind of the way you've kind of worked in, in a surprising yet meandering way, but in a way where you've continued to move your message forward in a way that has truly been transformational in these guys' lives. And we just thank you for their friendship and partnership and ministry. And I do pray for, uh, Father, I just know there's someone here this morning that needs to hear this story and needs to let it grip them at the deepest level of who they are. And so I pray that this will be a story of encouragement to them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks, Ray. So, you know, we, we've heard some great stories this morning. and It's great to, just to see the way, as Paul says, people are established and encouraged in the gospel as, as kids, as students, as adults. And, of course, as you continue looking at at what Paul says in that concluding part of of Romans, his his expectation is that as we become recipients of this gospel, we're we're drawn into living it out in tangible ways. His expectation is that the gospel will be proclaimed to the nations, to the Gentiles. And it's also just been great to see ways in which people are choosing to live out the gospel in in their spheres of influence, in our community, as they serve, as they share. And with that in mind, let me just give you a couple of highlights from something that we call Lift. It's something that started here last year. And to tell you a little bit more about it, watch this. At Hershey Free, we believe the gospel is literally the good news about Jesus. And we send people all over the world as cross-cultural workers we call missionaries. But we also believe that right here at home, there are opportunities to, to be a blessing to the community around us, to share the good news of Jesus. And we encourage people in our congregation to get involved. One way last year we introduced to do that was through our LIFT program. So LIFT is just short for Local Impact Fund for Transformation. Those funds that are given specifically to the LIFT uh, grant are, we pass on in, in blocks of $500 to, to organizations that people from Hershey Free partner with. We just want to come alongside of you and say, hey, we're, we're for you and in your mission. It's part of an extension of our mission. So thank you, Hershey Free, for all your work. Nichols. I and my family have been attending for three years, and I also volunteer with uh, Hershey Troop 203 Boy Scout Troop. 
My son has been involved since Cub Scouts, and I love the impact that it's had on his life. It also uh, does build character in the young men, and uh, a lot of the emphasis is on community service. So they do a lot of things uh, that help them uh, contribute to their community and appreciate their community. It's just been a really great holistic program, and I thank you for the contribution. My name is Marty Garner, and I volunteer as a retired nurse at a clinic called, through the organization Mission of Mercy. We provide um, free medical care. I feel that every day that I'm there that we provide a service to those in need. Um, sometimes it's through not only our caregiving, but through a smile, a hug, a touch, because many of these individuals do not speak English. And so we speak through our mannerisms and through the love of God that we show to them. I think through volunteering that God has a way of helping you grow. Sometimes it's by exposing you to things you might have had judgments about. Through that, God has really helped me grow in my love for people that are unfamiliar to me. My name is Alicia, and I volunteer at Center for Champions, and this is Jalea. And I go to Center for Champions. At Church Beyond the Walls, about three years ago, I heard about Center for Champions because I was on a team that went there, and we um, helped them with little stuff around the office. And I really liked the program and what they were doing there, and so um, I interviewed with them and was matched with Jalea. The core of Center for Champions is one-on-one -on -one mentoring. It basically just looks like we hang out like once a week, um, do fun things, we'll go for hikes or go on trips or, um, and it's just kind of something where we're, like we're kind of sisters and we hang out and have fun and learn from each other. Center for Champions is basically about like learning more about God and also having fun about it and like. Um, yeah, just that. We be learning more about God and Jesus and Moses, and I be learning verses. So thank you for the ways in which you're serving in the community and just investing in the lives of people in, in different ways. So we've 
just taken a few minutes uh, this morning just to celebrate different ways in which the gospel is at work and the life of our church and in our church community. And, and just thinking once more about that passage of, of, uh, of Romans, I draw your attention again to the fact Paul closes with this idea that this gospel ultimately produces an obedience of faith. And it's the expectation that that as we engage the good news of Christ, it leads to a certain way of life. It leads to an ongoing journey of, of following Jesus. And, you know, that's really, what, that's really what we desire for you. That's what I desire for you. As a church staff, over the last few months, we've been thinking through how do we continue to help people engage this way of life of following Jesus. We, we describe this way of life as living with Jesus, loving like Jesus, and leading others to do the same. And, you know, even as now we're coming to the close of an academic year and even making preparations for next year and beyond, as a staff, we're thinking through intentional ways to help you really engage this way of life. We want you to live with Jesus. You know, recently we concluded this journey through Mark's gospel. We did it together as a church. We worked to make, encourage you to get into scripture. We distributed over 1,400 devotional guides. And for some of you, this was a, a helpful step in, in engaging God's word in an ongoing way. And we want, we want you to do that. We want you to live with Jesus. And so plans are already underway for the next time we'll go through a portion of scripture as, as a church in that way. We, we want you to love like Jesus and grow in relationships and be a part of community. So we're already planning on what it looks like to launch new groups this fall and give you an opportunity to be a part of a Live Love Lead group if that hasn't been your experience. And even as we're launching new groups, we're going to take a couple of months in the fall to work through relational issues in two different sermon series to really grow in our ability to love like Jesus loves. And we want you to lead others to do the same. You know, recently we've been talking about service here. And over the last three weeks, over 100 of you have said, I want to learn more about what it means to serve, put me in, coach. And it's going to be exciting to see those stories unfold. It's going to be exciting even as we go through our upcoming impact challenges where we seek to live out the gospel in a very intentional way to see the stories that come out of that, even our crew week coming up next month. And so we, we want to help you as we move forward, take next steps in what Paul describes as the obedience of faith. But the reality is I can't, I can't force you to do anything. I can't make you take a next step. What I can do is show you the one who is inviting you in. What I can do is remind you of the reality of Christ's work on our behalf. What I can do is invite you to celebrate. So as we kind of wrap up this service this morning, as we've been taking time to celebrate, can I just ask you to do this one thing with me? Over the next couple of moments, and we just, can we just, can we just we remind ourselves of who God is and what he's doing. I realize as we gather this morning, some of us are distracted by all sorts of things and the busyness, work, health, kids, finances, I, I get all of that. But as, as Paul has reminded us, can we celebrate the work of God? 
Can you be open to the truth that even as you've heard the stories of God being at work in the lives of people in our church, that he desires to be at work in your life as well? And there are ways in which he is at work in you and around you. Can you be open to the possibility that even if you're going through a hard place, as you've already heard, God can be at work deeply there? The truth is to, to be people in this journey of following Jesus, ultimately we must be drawn in by the awe, the wonder, the power of what God is doing through Jesus Christ. To the only wise God, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. So, Father, this morning we have gathered as your church, brought together by your gospel, so richly celebrated in the book of Romans, brought together by your faithfulness through the work of Jesus Christ, who through his death and resurrection has made it possible for us to experience new life, new relationships, forgiveness, restoration, adoption, sanctification, regeneration. And so, Father we're not celebrating this, we're not getting it. May we leave with a sense of awe, wonder, and worship at your faithfulness in the life of your church. In Jesus' name.